0: Hi there, I'm Trudy Ligo and you're listening to Mama's Kitchen, the series that explores what's life really like for women and girls in regional Australia. So pop the kettle on, put your feet up and join me as I share a cuppa with some pretty amazing women. Today I'm chatting with Raelle Clark and Marissa Craft about what small business is really like in regional Australia. Raelle Clark is co-founder of Bundaberg's first co-working space. She turned her back on the city to practice law in Bundaberg. Today she owns and operates her own law firm. Marissa Kraft gave up traveling the world to come home to Childers and take over the family business, a nearly 100-year-old theatre. Hello to you both and thanks for chatting with us today.
1: Hello, thank you for having us. Thanks Trudy, hi.
0: Marissa, for people who are not familiar with the Paragon Theatre, describe it for us.
2: It's very rare to find something that is intact as what our theatre is. Um, So it's one of five, I think, left in Queensland of its type. It's one of the biggest and it's um, the only one that's privately owned. It's state heritage listed but because it's been in my family for 56 years everything is original so quite often with the old cinemas they've been gutted or used for you know indoor sports or something like that a lot of the memorabilia is thrown away and then they might be converted back to a theatre later on when someone buys it but yeah it's not very often that you get to walk in and our projection room is as it was you know when the old movies were playing our seats are original you know everything's original we've just restored what we have so it's pretty special.
0: The theatres in the main street of Childers.
2: Describe what Childers is like as a community. Is it very big? No I think there's only about 1600 people in Childers so it's quite a small town. Um, there's lots of farms and things you know around Childers. Back in the day though like when the theatre was built I think there were around 6,000 people there so it was a really big cane cutting community and it was quite popular to actually go to the films. There weren't you know TVs and and all of those things and there was also a train station that stopped in Childers so had a very big following back then but you know as things do times change and yeah so it's just a small community now but it's in a very good location so we find that we get Quite a lot of people come from Harvey Bay and Mariborough and Bundaberg and a lot of travellers being on the highway.
1: Rayel, what is the generator? The generator is a co-working space which is very big in the larger cities uh, internationally but not so much regionally. Uh, essentially, it's somewhere where people can come in, pull up a desk, hook up to the Wi-Fi and do their work. One of the ways, I guess, of describing it is if you work from home or work by yourself and like that but do also like having the buzz of having people around you working you can come here and and have that so yeah you can work from here we run events here we help start um, small businesses so help support them uh, and yeah run the events tailored to those sort of things
0: and real where did the idea come from how did this get Hatched.
1: There were a group of us that worked for ourselves or were, Eleanor, for example, the other co-founder, was writing a book at the time. And so we would meet on sometimes a Thursday, I think, at a a coffee shop and invite anyone that was working for themselves. So we would all just sit and work. And sometimes it worked fantastically. You get a really good chunk of work done because there was nothing else to do. If you had a small question, you might be able to ask someone that was sitting at the table that was in that field. But sometimes it wouldn't work so well. A couple of times we were at really busy cafes and there was mum's groups behind us with screaming kids and it's really hard to take a work call when you've got that in the background. And we thought, oh, wouldn't it be great if we had a a co-working space? Because we'd seen, some of us had seen them a few months before and were saying, oh, imagine if Bundaberg had one. And then we thought, well, if... We want one, we, we have to make it happen and that's how it happened. Marissa,
0: what have been the biggest challenges for you over the last few years in
2: reopening? Oh Lord, where do I even begin? <laughs> the fact that my background is finance and accounting and all of a sudden I had to do events and marketing and everything to do with this business and uh, reopening it, it certainly didn't take the direction at the start that we'd sort of planned. Uh, But, you know, everything happens for a reason. I'm a big believer in that. So, yeah, so I think just working out what worked, what didn't work how to balance it because um, everything comes out of our own pocket so that was one of the hardest things was getting ourselves to a point where um, we almost couldn't pay the mortgage because of lack of people at the events and things like that so um, yeah so it was just changing everything and, and yeah it's been a long road. Having three children, like we didn't expect to have twins in that. I think that certainly, that might trump everything else as far as the hardest thing. Yeah, and juggling, like doing the seven day a week business uh, and nights, all of that, the three babies, not having the mum guilt all the time because they're not getting the attention that they need because you're trying to work as well just so so many challenges but really really lucky that we've had the support we have from colleagues and and other people across different industries particularly in Bundaberg we had a really good support network of people who sort of helped me keep the motivation to keep going um, and persisting with it and helping me to learn from my mistakes you know and know where to go in the future so yeah I feel very blessed in that regard.
0: Both of you are operating businesses that are really unusual for the region as in they are the only one of their kind. Rayel. how well have people in Bundaberg understood what the generator is or what a co-working space is?
1: Yeah, that was probably our biggest hurdle. Uh, a lot of people have no idea what a co-working space is. So I guess education, that, that side of thing. And marketing is hard because you're sort of talking about this co-working and some people don't really understand what that is. And until you actually come to the space, it doesn't click. So it really was just about getting people into the space because once they were here, it was like, oh, I get it now we still like I'm still constantly meeting people that say oh I see this thing about the generator what is it I've never been up there and so yeah it's still it's still a bit of a hurdle getting it out there
0: and real why did a co-working space appeal to you because you own and operate your own law firm but most people think of a law firm as a as a traditional bricks and mortar building that you can walk into describe how you run your business
1: Yeah, excellent. So when I first started, uh, I just had a small office I shared with a financial planner. Everything, I guess, was because it's Bundaberg, reputation, word of mouth. I'd I'd worked here before. I've been a lawyer for about a decade. Scary to say. Um, (laughs) So thankfully, I had a reputation and people thankfully looked for me as well, which was really good. So I just had some sort of people that I'd Regular clients or friends of friends that will contact me to do work, so they come and see me there. Now, fast forward a few years, I've had a baby. I actually have one big client who has properties here but lives in Sydney, so everything is remote with him, uh, so that works really well with a baby. And then I have some regular clients who contact me with work, and I'll say, Oh, look, I've, I've got my baby, and they'll say, Oh, we don't mind. You know, if your kid's screaming when you need to call us or something, or you need to go, that's okay. So if they're okay with that, I can still do it, but I'm probably not officially back for another year or so. But yeah, that means I can also use the generator. So if I want to work and have some people around me and just feel that bit of a bit of a buzz, bit of energy, I'll come here. I can also meet clients here if if they don't want to come to Bagara.
0: And that is one of the big challenges that both of your businesses face is running a small business in an area that is actually quite poor. How do you work with that, Marissa, when you're in a business that's not an essential service?
2: so what we do is we've found that um particularly with tourism uh, like I remember a few years ago going to an Australian tourism workshop, and they had done like every year they do uh, statistics whatever to work out like why are people coming from overseas and why are people travelling to you know domestic or that. And they had said that the number one thing people were wanting was an experience. So people were paying money for food. People were paying money for experiences that were unusual. Um, people aren't spending their money now on or trying not to spend their money on things. You know, like things that are um, throwaway, I guess. Like they they want something that means something to them. So the great thing about the Paragon is that um, that is what you get. So we sell an experience and it, you know, you're stepping back in time and it's real old fashioned fun so yeah so people really love that and they're, and they're happy to pay for that and we always keep costs really low which is one of the reasons <laughs> why so it's um, low so that we can get people in and we understand uh, so that you can't always afford it but I guess for us to survive it should be a lot higher than what we do charge but you know you've got to have that happy medium somewhere don't you like you either make people happy or you do something that is all about money. And so, yeah, so we tend to try and make people happy. Raelle,
0: starting business takes guts. How did you get the confidence to start The Generator and to start your own law firm?
1: Yeah, look, starting my own law firm was definitely much harder. (laughs) Uh, I guess the Law Society has a lot of regulations and rules that you have to follow and things you have to do. Uh, just to even get something simple as your bank account set up, you have to make sure you comply with certain things. I had to organize a safe, um, just lots of things like that. Plus, on top of that, you've got your normal business stuff like setting up a website, um, <laughs> IT, everything. So, yeah, it did. The first three months were really difficult, um, and I questioned myself every day like, oh, have I really done the right thing? What am I doing? But then once it gets going, It's so good. (laughs) I found the generator a lot easier to start because we had two other people at the time. It was Dan, Eleanor and myself. Uh, So you have that support. We're all very different backgrounds, um, very different personalities, which was actually really good because we all input sort of every side of the business and we almost had departments that we took care of. So I did the legal and finance. So it was a lot easier in that sense But we really jumped in and so it was sort of hard to get, well, actually it wasn't that hard, but getting the momentum and the cash and (laughs) all that was really by a leap of faith. Yep. Did
0: you ever stress about what was the right time to do it? Is it something that you held off and went, no, not yet, not yet, we'll do it now? Or did you just jump in boots and all?
1: Oh Yeah, probably the opposite. We jumped in and then went, oh, should we have waited a bit longer? (laughs) Um, yeah, but amazingly, before we had even opened the doors, we had people um, that had faith in us and sponsored like certain things. So we had money just from people having faith that it would work.
2: Do you think the
1: generator would do better or worse if it was located in the city? In some ways better because people know what it is Um, you wouldn't have to focus so much on explaining and getting people in to understand what the concept is however in some of the big cities they have more so you're competing with other co-working spaces marissa why did you want to buy the theater of
0: your grandparents all those years ago
2: i was actually living in melbourne at the time and i came home to visit them and they had a contract on the table that they were going to sell it to somebody else and i thought well i can't let it go outside of the family and um and so we went to the bank and the bank didn't want to give us the money for it it was that rundown um so we paid more than what it was valued at uh, which made it interesting to try and get the loan but then um, yeah it all went ahead and i was oh, i think 22 turning 23 uh, at the time and um, sort of all just caught up in it not really thinking about the future <laughs> And yeah, it was it was purely just to, to keep it in the family. And then I went and had a look at it for the first time in many, many years and thought, oh shit, what have I done? <laughs> But fortunately enough, at the time, like because um, so as a as a uh, real estate investment, as far as uh, rental opportunity of it goes, um, it's actually a good investment. So back then we had the auditorium rented, we had the shops at the front rented, and we had the house rented. So it all did well in that regard. Um, any extra money went back into restoring it. And then myself and my partner worked as well, Um, so it was all going really well. It was only when we decided, hey, let's move back and reopen it, that that was probably something in hindsight. If I could go back in time, I would probably change that (laughs) because now the issue we face is that we've got a 100-year-old building that needs a lot of restoration work still, even though we've done 11 years' worth and we no longer have that extra you know, income to be putting into the building, and it really needs it. Um, because we're privately owned, we don't get um, you know government funding and and that sort of thing, um, which makes it really hard with our venue. Um, but yeah, in for the town and for the people and everything, the best thing is for it to be a theater. But for the building itself, and probably for our family life, um, the best thing would be to have it all rented back out again, because at least it would have. A really good income to actually put into restoring the building yeah so in hindsight I probably if I kept it rented for another five years and sort of reopened it next year you know probably would have been better because we would have had that five years of extra income to get the building to a better position um and then you know having kids and they'd be a touch older and all of that sort of stuff so but can't look backwards hindsight makes it
0: easier doesn't (laughs) it
2: (laughs) How hard is it to
0: make small business decisions when there is so many emotional concerns involved? You know, things like family story, family history. Has that been an ongoing issue for you?
2: Every day yeah every day so like I said before my background is finance and accounting so when it comes to other people's businesses or when other people I'm ruthless you know it's just it's about what's financially viable but with the theatre it's definitely it is not something that you do to make money and unfortunately it's it's purely sentimental like it's it's all of our feelings are caught up in it I had my first kiss there when I was 13 hiding from my and walking down the torch um we got married there um you know we've had the twins there and Eli was two when we moved out there like we yeah we we've got a lot personally and financially invested in it so yeah you're both mums you've both got
0: little kids does being a small business owner give you more flexibility Riel?
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely. If I was still in private practice, I would have had been able to have maximum six months off and I would be back probably full time. Um, so this way, I'm definitely not making as much as if I was still running my business full time but it means i get all the time that i want with my baby which is really special and i i do feel privileged because i know a lot of people would love to have that and don't don't get that although some days i wish i was at work <laughs> when when on the hard days um but yeah no in overall I, I do feel blessed and i do think yeah the small business helps with that enormously
0: marissa if you were to do it all over again would you do anything differently
2: Yes, I do a lot of things probably differently, but in saying that, like I said to you, I'm a big believer in that everything happens for a reason. So although, you know, when you think strategically, I think, yes, I should have done this, 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 this and this differently, we would have been in a better financial position. Um, a little bit like how you said, oh, we went full full guns blazing in the beginning. We did that with the theatre and we sort of put everything into reopening and we probably should have done stages and and everything like we did with the espresso bar like that was very much stages and that's worked well in that regard Um, so yeah we should have played it safer financially we sort of thought it would get a lot more support in the beginning than it did but yeah as much as I'd love to still be living on the sunny coast or (laughs) overseas and all of that I think everything's happened probably the way that it should have just hopefully things come around you know in the future and it's not this hard forever. There's just been a hell of a lot of learning. Yeah yeah there's a whole lot of grey hairs under this new hair colour I can tell you that
0: now. <laughs> Raelle for anyone listening to this and if they're toying with this idea in their head of a new business idea and it's a bit unusual and there's no other businesses out there like it what advice would you give to them having been through
1: it yourself? I think the main thing that I found really helpful was that I contacted people who had started their own businesses. I also had a couple of people that I would consider really good mentors that maybe I hadn't even contacted for a couple of years. Um, And I contacted them and I just completely picked their brains. And I was amazed at how wonderful and helpful they were. One of the guys would contact me every couple of weeks. How's it going? Where are you at? Where, you know, have you got your business plan? What's going on? I was amazed at how helpful they were, but I've now realised when people come and ask me, I have all the time in the world because I know what that's like. So I think that would be my one tip, is find people that have been in the same situation or, you know, you would consider mentors and get every piece of information you can from them because they will more than happy help.
0: You've been listening to Mama's Kitchen, Presented and produced by me, Trudy Ligo, this podcast has been made possible by the fabulous folks at Creative Regions and with the generous support of the WOW Regional Voice Program, the Tim Fairfax Family Foundation and ABC Wide Bay. You've also been listening to One More Round by David Sesté from the Free Music Archive. Thanks for listening in.